Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. You're listening to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, taking you backstage with the biggest stars and the hottest shows on Broadway, off Broadway, and beyond. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I talked to Tatiana Maslani. The shape-shifting actress spent five seasons playing a dozen characters in BBC America's sci-fi action series about human cloning, Orphan Black, and won an Emmy Award along the way. Now she's making her New York stage debut in Second Stage Theater's off-Broadway production of Mary Page Marlowe, the new Tracy Letts play that finds the extraordinary in the ordinary moments of one woman's seven decades of life. Maslani is here in the studio with me to tell us all about it. Hi, Tatiana. Thanks for sitting down with me. Thank you for having me. It seems like the most immediately striking thing about you and Mary Page Marlowe is that you spent all this time on a TV show in which you played all the roles, mm-hmm. and now you are starring in a show in which you play only one role, and you share it with five other women mm-hmm. and a baby doll mm-hmm. who, who play the same character at different stages of her life. Was that part of the appeal for you? I mean, the the script itself, you know, like uh, Tracy Letts' writing is just so completely... Um, embarrassingly accurate uh, mm-hmm. and revealing and reading the scenes that I was going to be doing, reading all of the scenes really, I just felt so compelled to do it in the sense that it, it was saying things that I felt that I knew to be true, that I was questioning myself. Um, and and because of the sharing of the part, there's like this element of mm, community in it. Mm-hmm. And that felt oddly like a a cool political statement as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, so often, you know, there's one space for a woman in a piece or in a in a scenario or you know a scene or whatever. Um, and this is this is all of us sharing one role. So there's a real sense of like egolessness to it. It's not my part; it's our part, and we really do speak about it that way. And uh, yeah, it's just been it's been such a great dismantling of like any preciousness of like ownership. Mm. Um, and this real sense of sharing, yeah. And what's the play about for you? What's you? You Great mentioned question. you tar- you were uh, talking as we um, before we turned on the recorder that uh, some people. It seems like they need to think about it when the lights come down. They're not sure what just happened to them. Yeah, yeah. I think that there. Uh, the thing that I loved about this, the play and how it ends is that it doesn't wrap things up in any kind of cathartic, satisfying way. We don't ever get the release. You're sort of left with the shock of how life ends or how a situation ends with kind of no aplomb and no uh, ceremony. And and that sort of innocuous ending is what life is. And and at the same time, you know, the the I don't want to give away what the last scene is, but it's a it's a fairly like mundane um, interaction between two people who are strangers. And and what it highlights is that Anybody you're standing behind in line at the grocery store or at the bank or whatever has this life that expands out from them that you would never know because you'd look at them and be like, that's an ordinary person. You know, so there's sort of this sense of the ordinary is extraordinary. And uh, Yeah, and that yeah. sort of goes along through the entire show, right? All these moments are could be seen as, as you said, innocuous, but mm-hmm. uh, kind of resonate as you sort of stack them up against each other. Totally, right? and in yeah. context and in concert with each other and, like, right. where they are placed next to each other as well. Mm-hmm. What lessons Mary Page is learning in one scene and how she's 
um, embodying those or warping those in the next or um, you know the sort of, we, we do a lot of um, crossing on stage of the merry pages where we get a chance to look at each other right. in a sort of abstracted is it us thinking about that moment right. is it us you know uh, embodying that moment it, mm -hmm. what is it you know right. that transference and yeah so it's it's um it's beautiful. I, I'm obsessed with it. I'm having the greatest time. When was the last time you were on stage? Seven years ago. Okay. In what? In Toronto. I did a play. Uh, my friend Ben Lewis got the play. Um, it's called Other People by Chris Shin, who wrote Dying oh, yeah. City. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And it's right. awesome, beautiful play. And, and uh, Ben, like, got it all together, and we produced it right. ourselves. And, cool. and Yeah. And it was, uh, but that was the last time. Right. And then other than that, like, some improv shows and stuff like that, but... No, no play, play. Yeah, you've you've done improv. You have an improv background, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I grew up doing that. Yeah, like from the age of nine. Are I was you a doing improv. are you a comedian? In no, your head? Is no, that what? Okay. not at all. I like I like fully revere them and uh -huh. like they're my heroes. But I, I, it's a world you know that I, I like to look at, but right. not participate in necessarily. And why was theater something that you wanted to get back to? Well, theater was where I started for sure and where I was in young people's theater for years and was always doing musicals always doing you know um, this was in Canada in, in Canada you were uh, in Saskatchewan is that right or, yeah, yeah all right. Saskatchewan yeah uh, in Regina Saskatchewan and um, we had awesome programs there mm. I was always in like community theater and um, and dance classes and all of that so we were always performing um, and there's something about being on stage that's just so unlike the experience of doing a film which is kind of in this weird bubble and right. you don't get that interaction with the audience, that feedback, that kind of communication that you get right. when you're on stage with them. Um, yeah, and I, I just, I'm, I'm feeling that so much. And, and also just like the mechanism of what's happening backstage. Mm. There's like a purity to the storytelling that's like we're all making this for you right now in this moment. Yeah. And we like want to share it with you. There's something so kind of unadulteratedly um, pure about that and, and sort of... I don't want to say uncool. I mean uncool in the way that it's not... And it's, it's deeply earnest? Yes, like that? Yeah, yeah. it's okay. just like so like for you right mm -hmm. now, you know? And yeah. there's something really kind of childlike and playful about yeah. that. And yeah, it's just, it's amazing. I'm, I'm loving yeah. it, yeah. So how did, as the five of you got together to talk about how to play one character and... I just, how did you approach the idea of you are all playing the same person and where do you overlap in terms of, you know, I don't know what mannerisms or yeah. emotional life or whatever. How did you try to create something that was create a character who was cohesive across these five women? Yeah. So six women, Lila and Neugebauer, who's yeah, directing who's the director. Unbelievable. Yeah. And she, did you know her before this? I or? knew, I knew her very, very briefly yeah. through Christian actually. Mm -hmm. Um, but we we all like the entire cast. There's 18 of us. It's a massive cast for a play. Right. It's huge. It's, it's so <laughs> huge. It's like old school musical. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, but we we all sat around the table for a week and a half, going through the script and discussing things and sharing parts of our lives that that felt resonant or that could color something differently. And we really there was really no like. And now this is my scene. And now I talk about my scene. There was a real sharing of of story and of ideas and of questions from the start. So it was never it was never individual, as much as we do our individual work. But um, also, then we were working with an awesome uh, vocal coach called Gigi Buffington, who mm -hmm. does um, warm ups with us. We we read each other's scenes, all of us Mary Pages, to 
to speak the words of us at another point mm. or us, you know, in the past, just to kind of um, get a sense of connection that is sort of, un I don't know, uh, unintellectual, you know? Right. Uh, and, and, yeah, we get to act out each other's scenes with each other, um, which is really fun. Mm. And um, you learn a lot through how people express themselves or how they inflect or how they gesture. And, and that's the other thing is we've been able to sit in rehearsal with each other, watching each other's scenes and watching how, you know, I watch how Susie moves through the, the scene, how her hands move. This is move. Susan Porfar, who yes. is one of the Mary Pages. Yep. Yeah, yep. and who's just uh, phenomenal, you know, watching her impulses move through her and going like, right. I wonder if I could try that on just to see mm. if that resonates for me or, or that gesture feels really resonant. That feels like Mary Page, you know, in my in my scenes. And, you know, so there's, right. there's things we steal from each other and share with each other. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you think of your Mary Page as being different from the other Mary Pages in terms of where she is in her life and how she's feeling about it and yeah, all that I, stuff. I mean it, it's, it's, she's starkly different from where we see her at 19 um, and Emma yeah, Gere right. plays her at 19 with this beautiful openness and possibility and like you know she says the phrase I don't know but it means a, a, it means a thousand things. It means the world is open and there's so many chances and there's so many opportunities she could seize and she's willing and ready to do that. And then when we see her, the next chronological scene is one of my scenes where I'm having an affair with my boss and sort of locked into this pattern of behavior that doesn't seem fulfilling. Oh, that's interesting. You just said the next chronological scene, but it's not yeah. how we see it no, in the show. No, no, right, no, no. Right. Like the next yeah. time I, I, I'm on stage is in the it's, shrink it's a different scene. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Which is um, late after that other scene yes. that you were just talking about. Yeah, yeah right, like 10 right. years after. Now that I'm thinking about it this just now, it's very clear what the timeline is in that play, and that's pretty impressive now that I yes. think about it. Yes. Well, and that's the thing. Tracy said he wrote the play in the order that you see it. So he didn't write huh. it in chronological order. It it made sense the way he was writing it, it you know and there is like a kind of um s sort of traditional theater arc in it yes yeah. even though it is um non-linear right um yeah and and i guess in terms of like where my mary page is at there's there's a a deep questioning of identity throughout but she's really facing the the dilemma of the roles that women are expected to play in their lives, in their own lives, and within themselves, right. and how they play out those roles, how they fit into those roles, whether those roles are constrictive, restrictive, whatever, whether they put them on themselves or had them put on by society, right. um, which is something I can very much relate to and right. would love to talk about at great length at any time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's great to get to express, you know, explore that every night on stage. It's, right. Yeah. Right very resonant um let's talk a little bit about orphan black mm -hmm. because i think it's actually a really appropriate thing to talk about on a theater podcast because for me that show felt like one of the most theatrical things on television mm. in that it made acting visible in a way that i don't get from anything mm. other than theater usually yeah. right like the part where we get to see one actor play multiple characters in a single story is like a thing that happens in Angels in America, like it's baked into the DNA of Angels in America, for right. instance, but it's not a thing that we get to see 
on screen. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that I enjoyed so much about uh, Orphan Black. So Mm -hmm. my question is, did specifically your work on stage um, kind of inform the way you kind of created all these characters and differentiated them in your head? Yeah, I mean, I think we had to really kind of go with the the gimmick of it and and lean into it without, uh, like, I had to shirk a lot of embarrassment of like people are going to see my acting you know what i mean because <laughs> oh, it right. is because yeah. it is overt it's yeah. like now i'm in a different wig and now i'm doing a different accent right. and you know i'm the same person yep. so there is this, an element of like trusting the suspension of disbelief right. that i think definitely comes from doing improv as well and yeah doing that was theater. my next question actually yeah. is if improv played a role in that totally well. yeah. because you know in improv you're creating the 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 uh setting the mm. like costume the the status the like time period all of it um with nothing and with just the suggestion and just in the moment with your scene partner and the audience like fills in the blanks um so i think that element really helped me in just kind of going like just dive in Mm. and just uh, just like trust that people are going to go with you on this and trust yourself to just like play and then also this um sense of like yes and you know what I mean Uh you get like the small thread of who this character is so she's like maybe Ukrainian has killed many people but like loves to eat (laughs) so like so those are like the three things I've got and then it's like hyper religious but like a deviant so like how do you know and those are the suggestions and then it's like from there you just kind of extrapolate and expand on it and suddenly this creature comes out right. you know right um, uh, for listeners who haven't seen the show oh, that right. is one character that is one of the characters she's yeah. delightful <laughs> did not yeah. make her up um but she she changed a lot you know as we went on and as we sort of right. threw new things at her right. and um yeah and i think definitely theater and just like being able to to um uh suspend my own disbelief yeah. helped how that. much is that process not only in orphan black uh, but in anything like including mary page milo how much is the creating of a character an intellectual exercise and how much is it intuitive what's the balance there for you i i used to be so intellectual about things that it stifled me and made me so in my head that i was making choices before i ever got to set or ever met my scene mm. partner and um that was never fun and that was never acting <laughs> you know <laughs> but 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 there's a safety in being hyper intellectual for me to to kind of go like a plus b equals c right um I think because of improv and because of um, working with certain actors, um, my partner is an actor and he's extremely intuitive, has mm. has massive intellectual interest too, but is such an intuitive, impulse-based actor. And watching him work with his scene partner and really like working to connect with the scene partner, like it just, I'm like, yeah, of course, like, what the fuck, what am I doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> and and it's just opened up a, such a huge thing for me in in that transference between people and and for me it's way more impulsive instinctive off the top i try to go with my emotional response to the script i try to go with like whatever kind of is resonating through me um in my life in in the way i feel about doing this piece like everything sort of factors in to creating the character and then when you have something like this where we're sharing a part you do start to bring into it the intellectual stuff the backstory the um the placement within the chronology right. that I am, um, the era in this case, the era. They, where it takes when these individual scenes take place, right? Totally, yeah. like right. the 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 lack of freedom that I have in the early seventies as a young woman in the workplace, right? Right, and the sort of 
you know, trying to figure out that role is very different than a young woman nowadays after um, we're finally talking about what right. a fucked up mess it all is. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Mary Page doesn't have that luxury. You know, she knows right. it in her gut, but she doesn't know it yet to act on it. And there isn't that movement necessarily for her. Yeah, there is a real timeliness to Mary Page Marlowe, isn't there? Mm-hmm. When you, yeah. Did you know that going in? When did you sign on? I guess I signed on in a, January. Okay, so yeah, yeah so it was, it was always it resonant. was there. Yeah, yeah. I, and you know, Tracy wrote that play what a year or two before that, so yes. it like it was always this part is, of that play. This is so. never going away. Right. This, this, this play will always be relevant. I have a feeling, you right. know, even if it is like, oh, remember a time when? Right. But I, I highly doubt it'll ever be that clean. Right. Yeah. And did did creating all those characters on Orphan Black then inform the way you worked on Mary Page Marlowe? How did how did that work sort of feed into what you do now? Well, I think because that was such a, like, a pyrotechnic show, yeah. like, it was so much about the effect mm-hmm. of the transformations and the, and the like, amazing technology of putting me into, you uh, know. That is for real true. Oh, like, it's it unreal. Is, it, the, the things happen that... Like, like the camera moves around the and camera moves one of you knocks the teacup each... out yeah, of yeah, totally. another character played by also played by you it doesn't make any sense no, I don't it, know how they do and it and it makes like... no sense in the moment either <laughs> right. but their intelligent creatures are like the most amazing post-production right. team and they just know what they're doing and make it all look effortless right. which it definitely is not on anybody's <laughs> part you know right. what I mean um, but I think because there was so much uh, in, innate mechanics in it and te- mm. technical kind of um, requirements in it. Right. I'm I'm so happy to not have to um, do that kind of mechanical stuff. Sure. Um, to have a bit more freedom to just be like, okay, where am I at as a as a woman right now in my life, and how can I bring that truth to the stage every night? And right. and something about doing a play over and over is something I'm not used to. I'm used to like going in. You get three takes, and then right. you're out, and you're off to the next thing. Right. So having this space and time, it's like, oh, my God, we can go so much deeper with things mm-hmm. and sort of nebulous with things and, and sit in the gray area a little bit more than the kind of results yeah. and the, like, machine of television. I feel honor-bound to ask, with anyone who was involved in any television show that had some kind of cult success, mm. is has anyone yet talked to you about a reboot or a revival? Oh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, they're like, is there going to be a movie? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're doing a full movie series. No. Right. (laughs) Um, No, there's action. We got action figures. We got comic books. Right. I mean, well, there's actually a whole lot lot of story out there, right? There's all these comics that I'm like, oh, cool. I did not know this about, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's it's kind of cool. Yeah. Right. So it's not a thing that anyone has begun talking about. Yeah. I don't think so. But I think John Fawcett joked at one point that we would do something like. Who's the creator. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the creator of the show that when I'm I'm like 70, we're going to do like a reunion special. So all the characters will be like in an old age home. Let's do it. I'm up for that. (laughs) I think that that is logical to me. (laughs) All right. Something too soon doesn't make sense. No, no. I agree. See when they're geriatric. Let's do that. Yeah. And so let's talk about what else is on your plate. You, I know you've got a movie coming out um, mm-hmm. eventually. You worked on a movie. You mentioned your partner, Tom Cullen. Yeah. Um, and he wrote and directed it? Yes. T- tell so, us a little bit. It's called Pink Wall. And yeah. it sounds superficially a little bit like Mary Page Marlowe. Oddly, the, oddly yeah. very, very similar in the sense that it's a nonlinear exploration of like kind of innocuous moments in a right. relationship. Right. Um, maybe not so innocuous, maybe a little bit more heightened, mm-hmm. sort of like we see in Mary Page as well. Right. Um, but... Uh, the the sort of turning points or the, the there's all these like moments okay how how to how to describe this mm. it's six scenes from six moments within a, a six year relationship and it's nonlinear 
Um, and Tom wrote and directed it. It was his first feature. Wow. We shot it in nine days in Wales for zero money. Nine days. Nine days of feature. And we somehow felt, like, quite luxurious. We're like, That's oh. weird. To me, it, within it, felt right. very, like... God, we've got so much is space and time. because you were only playing one part? Is that because... Maybe, yeah. Like, how long did you shoot an episode of Orphan Black? Was that... Oh, like seven days? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah which so, is not right. fair at all. Right. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, but Tom just, like, gave us so much freedom. Um, Jay Duplass is my scene... Is, right. is my my scene partner in it. My uh, Or your co-star. My you co-star, say. that's yeah. the word, yeah. yeah. I'm, new, I'm new to this <laughs> acting thing. Um, yeah, so he, he's, he was always in Tom's mind as like the dream casting because mm-hmm. he loves Jay so much we both do we just think he's incredible um, and then when he said yes we were both losing our minds and um, yeah working with Tom was incredible he has such a like natural gift for directing and such an ease with it uh, even though I know it's he's doing a lot of work right. he never makes right. you feel like there's any rush to get anywhere and, and he's very um, good at talking to actors He's an actor himself. He knows right. what that is. You know, he knows what shuts him down. He knows what opens right. him up. So he's he's really generous with that. And uh, yeah, and we just had the best time. Yeah. And now he's doing post production on it and like composing. His best friend Chris Heisen is composing music to it. And yeah, it's just like I always want to be doing some, something like that. Yeah, you know, where yeah. it's like a family affair. You know, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have interest in writing yourself or writing or directing? Um, Yes. Yeah. I'm still too embarrassed for anybody to see what I've written because mm-hmm. I have like stacks of diaries. Oh my God. <laughs> and I like read those. And I'm like, no one will ever see this. Oh, well. um, no one is ever going to read this. Uh, but <laughs> I definitely, I have, I, have, I got a lot of opinions. Okay. I got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> um, so I'd love to at some point be able to put those into some kind of storytelling. Right. Um, and I'd love to direct. There's so many of my friends who I think are just so talented, and I'd love to direct them and right. see what that feels like, yeah. And so what? how would you characterize the projects that sort of get your attention these days, the things you want to do now? I don't know. It's 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 kind of a gut, a gut thing. I mean, uh, I did a film recently ca- called Destroyer with Karin Kusama mm. uh, directing, and yeah. Nicole Kidman is the lead in it. And for me, Nicole Kidman is such a transformative exciting risky actor yeah um who's like just so fascinating to watch i just love watching her so that this this story of of her in this role is so unexpected Mm. and i was just like oh my god that's amazing Mm. i can't wait to see what that is and to be part of that and the character is um kind of like again like oddly connected to the mary page in the sense that i play her at 20 and then at 37 when we've seen like a massive change in her life and she's gone through something that has altered her uh, forever. Um, Yeah, so I guess like age has oddly become like a bit of a a theme for me. Age and like the passage of time, you know, and the roles that we play at different points in our lives. Mm. Um, Pink Wall kind of has that resonance to it too. Right, yeah. Do you, would you go back to a TV for a regular TV gig? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if it was something that I felt really like um, about, yeah. you know, yeah. I know what it takes to do a show now, like right. after being on Orphan Black. And right. I always loved Orphan Black. And right. I need to love the thing as much as that to, sure. you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Presumably it would be slightly less grueling because you don't have to 
swap out and Presumably, play all those roles, yeah, yeah, but you totally. know who knows? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I know it's still pretty hard to be in a TV show. So yeah, it's, a, it's just that yeah. like consistency. I, I kind of have uh, right now. I have a bit of a short attention span, so I'm happy to do to do you know three months on something, four months on something. Yeah, I yeah. bet. Yeah. Are you interested in making theater a part of your career? Oh regularly? yeah. Like right now, I'm like I'm never going to do anything but right. this. Like, can I right. do this play for the rest of my life? Um, right. Yeah, I just sort of I, I really want to keep doing this. I just love this like collaborative aspect of it it just right. is so yeah it's it's so much fun yeah. so much fun do you sing is there a musical no. in your future okay. there is musicals in my heart at all okay. times <laughs> but i do not have that they, they are athletes right it's you true. know what i mean like yeah, yeah. i remember seeing in the heights i think was the first musical mm. i ever saw oh wow which is i mean I, you know on broadway yeah, yeah. i right. saw musicals since i was four years old sure. jesus christ superstar was the first one oh. terrified me but oh, you did a little jesus christ superstar in orphan black oh now yeah yeah <laughs> that, they were like throw throw threw me threw a bone. Bone, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> um but uh when i saw in the heights i just remember i was sitting like second row and the lights went out for intermission and i turned to my friend and, was like, <laughs> and just like <laughs> burst into tears because I was just so moved by this talent yeah. and being that close to it I just couldn't and then we I got to go to the Tonys recently and like yeah. see Bernadette walk past me and me and my best friend Tess who we grew up doing theater together right. were like just nerding out yeah yeah. I mean I'm happy to watch them other than yeah. Jesus Christ Superstar what are some of the other musicals that live in your heart um, well uh, Into the Woods mm -hmm. really anything Sondheim West Side Story. Yeah. I'm kind of like a classic musical theater nerd. Are there any roles that you're dying to play on stage? Uh, no, I don't, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Are you more of a new work? Do you, con do you consider yourself gravitating more toward new work yeah, or to maybe. classic roles? Maybe. I've never, I've never really played. I mean, with musicals, I always did like, we did Annie, we did Oliver, right. we did, you know, everything, Into right. the Woods, all that. But I've, ne I've never really done an old play, I guess. No, I don't. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to yeah. do anything. Right. Yeah. What What do you got? Well, <laughs> well, I can't wait to see what it is. Whatever it is. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot for being here, Tony. Thank you it's for great to talk me. to you. You too. Yeah. Thanks. That was Tatiana Maslany, now starring in Second Stage Theater's off-Broadway production of Mary Page Marlowe. If you've enjoyed what you've heard on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe wherever finer podcasts are dispensed. On the next episode in two weeks, I talk to Zachary Quinto about boys, bands, Broadway, Unexplained Mysteries, and Mr. Spock. Until then, see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.